Turn in your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 10. See, I really am going to finish it. Uh, um, a couple of things. Uh, so uh, we have today, and then we are getting into next week the exciting conclusion of uh, the book of Ecclesiastes, and where uh, he's going to begin tying up all these meaningless thoughts, uh, all these things, these struggles, these um, uh, these eyewitness accounts, these observations about how uh, these inspired observations on how this world uh, turns. And I, I was thinking about us here at Bear Valley Church. Uh, I, don't raise your hand, but some of you weren't sure if you should come this morning. Like you had a conversation uh, this morning at your house. Should we go to church today? I don't know. You want to go to church? I don't know. I don't feel very good. Well, why don't you feel very good? I don't know. Just kind of tired. Got a like headache. I don't know. Maybe we'll go to second cert. No. You, and this conversation goes on in your home. And I, I, I want to tell you, I want to give you a reason why you should come every week. Every week. I realize that uh, if you have some fungus that's uh, going to go and spread, don't come, okay? Uh, but uh, beyond that, beyond that, as you're here and as uh, you're around, let's not get crazy, but you should be with God's people at church. Uh, th- this is the place for you. Um, this morning, we're going to be talking about God's wisdom. And sometimes when we talk about the wisdom of God, it's very much like Proverbs, some of what we're going to talk about. Some of you think in terms like this, you go, yeah, I I should be wise in the way I live, but it's not really a big deal if I'm not. You you understand the gospel. You say, well, Jesus has saved me. He has saved me. And being good Baptist, some of you, you realize that's a permanent deal. You realize that's a permanent deal. You realize you can't lose your salvation. We're not a Baptist church, but I just want to tell you that. Some of you have grown up that way, and you know, you know, you know, you know. Uh, it's good. It's good that you know. Uh, because you couldn't earn your salvation, you can't lose your salvation, okay? We'll get into that some other day. I'm just saying that. But, but that's stuck in your mind. Uh, some of you say, well, there's nothing left to do, so there's nothing left to do. Uh, I don't need to go to church. I don't need to walk with the Lord today. I don't need to make wise decisions. If God's uh, forgiven me of everything... He's forgiven me of everything, past, present, future, okay? He's for, well, none of this matters. None of this matters. Uh, so when the pastor says we're going to be talking about God's wisdom, it's kind of like a tip for living. It's kind of like a tip. It's kind of like, you know, a life hack. You know, it's a God hack, if you will, okay? Uh, it's something, uh, uh, you know, it's a suggestion. It's not really a big deal one way or the other. And for those of you who are, uh, you know, school-minded, you say, it's extra credit. It's extra credit. It's not really homework. It's extra credit. And this morning, I, I want to start out with this. I realize I haven't talked about the Scripture yet, and I'm going to get to there. I promise you. I don't like long intros myself, but I think it's important we get this stuck in our mind first. When you hear about God's wisdom, God's ways, and in the book of Ecclesiastes, really how this world is set up, you need to remember this. 
that when you follow after God's wisdom, you're acknowledging He is the creator over all. You're acknowledging it. You're going back to the manufacturer. You're you're, uh, going and taking the authority of how life goes and you're applying it to your own life. You're acknowledging that. You're, You're acknowledging also that it's His plan. It's His agenda that is going to march forward. Uh, one of the greatest things or greatest struggles of this life is your agenda, God's agenda. Your plan, God's plan. And unfortunately for most of us, uh, they're in competition, maybe even our whole lives. Maybe even our whole lives. And uh, success comes from us abandoning our plan and adjusting to the plan of God and where we are. It's super important. For us to understand God's wisdom is for us to acknowledge uh, that He's our Creator, but He also is working out His plan. His plan. Um, uh, You know, some of you are great planners. You're you're driven towards goals. Uh, And that's good. It's important. We're going to even look at that today. But at the end of your planning... And at the end of your goal setting, there should be this caveat to the whole thing. The Lord should will from the book of James. Uh, Unless God has a better idea, and He always has a better idea. Uh, The plan of God. You're also uh, acknowledging, when you listen to the wisdom of God, you're also acknowledging that He has control. That He has control. This isn't... uh, my way or God's way. I'm choosing between which one I want. I want to tell you that uh, God has control over all. And for us, acknowledging God's wisdom is for us to submit to His control in, in our lives. Um, as we continue on, we think about that it's not just His control, it's also His power. His power. That... Um, uh, some of us is, uh, you know, we're sturdy people and we're, we're uh, you know, really persevering in our minds. We just say we, we can push towards goals and overcome obstacles. And I just want to tell you this, that we realize that we power out. We power out. We give it all we got and we can't make it up the hill. We, we've, we've ran out of our resources. We've uh, poured out all our fuel and we still haven't made it to where we need to be. And so, for this idea of God's wisdom, following after God's wisdom, we're realizing that we need to follow Him, the One who is powerful, the One who is enough. And lastly, I just want to say this. And this is one of those things that uh, bothers me most of all. That many times, my eyes can't see correctly. I'm not just saying that I need glasses, which that's a different issue, and that's true too. But this idea that I can look at a situation, I I can look at it in broad daylight, I can think deeply about it, I I can uh, read books about it, I can draw on past learning, and, and I can look at a situation and get it totally wrong, get it totally wrong. And so for me and for you, this idea of acknowledging 
and embracing God's wisdom is even that we could see. Even that we could see. And it's not that we can see. It's that we listen to God who sees perfectly. Sees perfectly. And so this morning, uh, I hope that's helpful for you as you think through God's wisdom as we look at seven areas this morning from the book of Ecclesiastes on wisdom. And I'd apply the same idea to the book of Proverbs and other places where it speaks of wisdom of God. Um, Super important. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you from chapter 10, uh, starting at verse 16, and then going through chapter 11, verse 6. God's word says this, Woe to you, O land, when your king is a child, and your princes feast in the morning. Happy are you, O, uh, o land, when your king is the son of nobility. And your princes feast at the proper time for strength and, and, and not for drunkenness. Through sloth and the, the roof sinks in and through indolence, uh, the house leaks. Bread is made for laughter and wine gladdens the heart and money answers everything. Even in your thoughts, do not curse the king nor in your bedroom curse the rich. For a bird of the air will carry your voice, and some winged creature tell the matter. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Give a portion to seven or even to eight, uh, for you know not what disaster may happen on earth. If uh, If the clouds are full of rain... They empty themselves on the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there it will lie. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the way, the Spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. In the morning, sow your seed, and at evening, uh, withhold not your hand. For you do not know which will prosper, this or that, or whether both alike will be good. And God, we ask your blessing on your word. Uh, may we embrace this wisdom. Uh, may we embrace you and your control over life. God, I pray especially for those who are hurting this morning. Their thoughts are elsewhere. Uh, their burdens are many. God, I, I ask that you would minister to them specially and give them a comfort that you uh, are in control and that you can handle the burdens of their life. God, thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So seven areas of uh, wisdom this morning. Um, and they may seem random to us, but I, I want to tell you that they're an outgrowth of this look on life, of meaninglessness of life, that we should uh, impact knowing that the world is a meaningless place. He starts off uh, our section this morning and he says, Woe to you, O land, when your king is a child. It's, it's an area of uh, king wisdom or kingly wisdom. What would be great for a land in a king? 
And uh, we try to do this, uh, not a king, but we do this for leadership all the time. We ask the question, who would make a great boss? Who would make a great uh, coach? Who would make a great manager, great pastor, a great mayor, a great governor, a great president? Uh, We look at these things all the time. And we ask the question, what, uh, what pieces... Uh, should we think? And it's not everything. It's not, you know, a lot of times uh, you think about what you would want in any of those. And uh, most of the time we, we would describe Jesus, right? Uh, but Jesus isn't going to be your earthly boss that cuts your paycheck. They're going to be uh, men or women with flaws. And that's true of president, governor, mayor, pastor, coach, any of them. It'll be people with flaws. But as we look at this this morning, we will see what is wise or what is good for the land. Uh, He says, first of all, in a negative sense, he says, when your king is a child and your princes feast in the morning. You get this picture. um, You know, you think of these little ones that come up on stage for the surprise box. And what what would happen if we put them in charge? We put them in charge. Um, actually, good stuff initially, right? Uh, be a super fun place here. It would not be boring, okay? Uh, but uh, we wouldn't have coffee over there. We'd have an ice cream bar, right? Uh, uh, every time we met, we would have uh, these things. And, and it wouldn't be like fellowship time. It would be called candy time, right? Uh, and there would be this sense of like they would make these ideas that are just childish. It's not that they're bad in and of themselves, but if they were given to this idea of selfish living, they would set a course for that. And that's the picture you can imagine when the king is a child. When the king is a child, he would make childish decisions. He would do things that were reckless, that they were driven by self, not by looking forward and seeing the implications. Also, he says, and when your princes feast in the morning, uh, not just the king, the king is a child, he probably has his buddies uh, that are all the princes, all the people that are next in line, right? And so they all get together and they say, what do you want to do this morning? He said, let's have a big party. Let's have a big party. Let's, let's begin feasting. Uh, I, I know that we struggle with this, some of us as adults of saying, uh, when to stop eating, when to stop eating. Uh, but also, uh, you know about children uh, when they just find something so good that they just can't stop themselves eating, and then they're sick to their stomach, and they're laying around going, I don't feel so good. Okay, this is the picture here, this idea of saying, we don't have anything to do. In fact, uh, some of you sit, talk like this, and this is the point. They, you say, well, what are you going to have for breakfast? And you say, I have a lot of things to do today. So I have to have a good breakfast, an appropriate breakfast, because I don't want my breakfast to slow me down. I also don't want to run out of gas uh, that because I don't have any energy because I haven't eaten. And it's this picture here of this selfish, uh, non-thinking, just grabbing and eating and uh, doing all this. He says, it's bad for the land when your king and your princes are like that. 
In verse 17, it goes uh, the opposite way, the, the positive way. It says, Happy are you, O land, when your king is the son of nobility, and your princes feast at the proper time for strength and not for drunkenness. He puts the other side out there, and it, he says something, and it struck me as odd. Uh, most of us uh, would disagree with this, wouldn't, wouldn't we, this first section here, the son of nobility. We would say this. We would say um, the idea of someone who's been president, uh, for their son to be president seems like a bad deal. Or uh, a, a guy who uh, the father has built the business and now his son's taking over. Oh, bad idea, bad idea. Because he hasn't built it with his own hands. I think the point of this passage is this, that uh, for a son who has grown up as nobility, and I like the word nobility because the idea of noble, it's the idea that they have grown up with responsibility. They've seen it in their father. They, their family was set up in such a way where they knew the responsibility of ruling. And so for, for a son, this idea that from his earliest days, watch dad, watch dad, is a big deal. You need to realize that one day this will be you. One day this will be you. You think about, um, and try not to go too political on me here this morning. This passage, just I could go off on what this is. But, but sometimes we look at things and we say, well, hey, just let somebody else try it for a while. Even if they, you know, uh, you can imagine if in a day uh, you just grab a, a random college student and you say, uh, hey, we, we, did a, we did a drawing and you won. You're going to be president. You're in charge now. We're, we're going to listen to you. They never thought about it the, a day in their life. And he says the, the picture here is this. Happy is the one who has thought his whole life about this. The, the idea that they've seen the idea of leadership in their home. They realize its weight. And also that they feast at the proper time. Proper time. The idea that they're not uh, starting the party earlier in the day and saying, oh, you know, I'm too drunk or I'm too full to work. I'm too, uh, I'm not capacitated in such a way where I can make great decisions. And really to point out that... uh, this picture that the princes feast at the proper time for strength and not for drunkenness. It's not just this selfish desire to indulge, but rather it's uh, feeding a fuel so that you can further do good works. Uh, this is what it is to be a king. Uh, this is what it is for good for the land if you have a king and princes like this. He moves on to talk about lazy wisdom. If I could say it that way, he says... Uh, it talks about being lazy, the roof sinks, and uh, through this laziness or uh, the idea of not being concerned with quality, the roof leaks. Uh, how many of you are concerned about your roof leaking? That's all? <laughs> Man, I could, this is a great business right here, right? You're not concerned. You know when you'll be concerned about it, right? You know, right now you're not concerned, right? Uh, when it starts raining. Uh, I have... Uh, my wife and I, we saw on our roof, there's one uh, shingle that's starting to slip out. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. I need to get one of my kids up there to fix that. 
No, really, that's what I was saying. Uh, it's a good time in my life. Ten years from now may not be so good. Anyways, but uh, uh, you, you get the picture that it's important that a roof leaks, right? Uh, there's plenty of things at your house that's no big deal, but the idea of protecting on top, and uh, you, you get the picture that um, y- y- the roof, right, uh, it sinks in, it's leaking. It, it's the idea that that's the thing. We, we even say this, right? We say, well, at least we have a roof over our heads, right? We, we consider that protection. And you realize that uh, that's a pretty important piece uh, of, you know, you don't want it sinking in. You don't want it leaking, right? Uh, you need to take care of your roof. Um, he calls us to not be lazy. He calls us to not be lazy. And really, I, I would even say it this way, to be alerted to hiring lazy workers is bad. It's bad. It, it, it's the idea. If you hire a lazy worker, just don't let them do anything important, right? Because the roof, it needs, you know, uh, the, the roof is very important, and once the work is done and the workers go away, the people are left with that house with the leaky roof, right? And so you want to make sure uh, the importance of you working hard, but also for hiring um, hard workers that will take, um, take care in the, the details of their work. He moves on and he speaks of indulgent wisdom, okay? Uh, Verse 19, he says, Bread is made for laughter, and wine gladdens life, and money answers everything. Does anyone else find that funny? Money answers everything? Um, Let me put those together for you. First of all, uh, this idea of bread and wine, if you've been here for the whole study of Ecclesiastes, he goes back to this, eating and drinking over and over again, sharing a meal. It's the idea, it's one of the simple pleasures or passing pleasures of this life. It doesn't do everything, and uh, some of you are saying, Pastor, are you saying we need to drink wine? No, I'm just saying that, that that was the common thing of the day. As they sat down for a meal, they didn't have water. They didn't have water. They, they didn't have soda or monster drinks or whatever it is that you're drinking. Uh, they, they, it was just simply food and drink. That's all it was. And for us here today, many different things and there's warnings against drunkenness as well, so I won't get into that this morning. But, but the idea here is this, that um, it's a simple pleasure. A meal is a simple pleasure. And we, we, through our study of the book of Ecclesiastes, we realize we can't even enjoy bread or even a fancy meal uh, without the Lord. Uh, we can't do it on our own. It's a gift from Him, okay? So he's speaking of this idea of uh, enjoying a meal again. The bread uh, is for laughter. The, the idea, you know, one of the pictures of those who don't have enough to eat is the look on their face, right? It's the sadness of that's what life is hard. But as we come together for a meal, there's a sense of God's provision that would encourage our hearts. So bread is made for laughter. Wine gladdens life. It's this idea that as we're participating in this meal, it's good. It's a sense of like, yeah, this is great. And even the the taste of these things, wonderful. And then he says money answers everything. Um, It's interesting. Uh, 
We, we say, I don't know if you've heard this or used this phrase, money makes the world go round. Uh, I remember um, talking to my dad about a particular house here in the valley that had fallen off its um, uh, foundation. It had been built poorly, and uh, you know, I was. In a, I said, "Dad, could it be fixed?" And he just said, "Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> How much money do you got?" You know. Um, and this picture that money answers everything—that's what it says in the scripture—is true. It's true. It answers everything down here. Uh, there's money fixes things. And I, I want to tell you, it's encouraging to my heart, even as you, you think of the Kirby's, um, you know, I won't talk about how much it was, but it was a lot. It was a lot that came in from one, one group, one night, unannounced people gave. That's the, that's, you know, we'll get to being generous also in this passage, but, uh, you know that, you know that, right? When I say there's a problem around here, uh, it, you know, we we talked about our own roof uh, last year. We might have to do more work on that. But um, I, I talked about that, and some of you came up and you said, well, how much do you need? How much do you need? Well, how, how about this? I've talked about the carpet, and we haven't really made too much progress on that. We're hoping to. But some of you have already come and said, here, here's some money towards the carpet. Um, when we uh, have camps go on and rj or in the past brandon and in the past myself have stood up here and said hey uh we need some money uh there's some that can't afford to go to camp it's funny some of you who don't even have kids here at Bear Valley church and you can't even remember what it's like to raise kids you come and you say here take this and there's this idea that you know you know that money can fix the temporary problems down here temporary problems um Something to know about that. Something to, uh, um, I want to encourage you about this whole idea of money fixes everything. Uh, sometimes in our greed, in our greed, and in our, uh, uh, our, our discipline and in our pride, we, we hold and we, we say, this is my money. This is my money. This is mine. This is mine. And we walk around, we walk around in our lives, seeing people, sometimes family members, and we say, boy, they're in a mess. Boy, it looks like a pretty desperate situation. Man, it must be terrible to be them right now. So sorry for them. I'm going to feel bad today for them. I want to tell you, I want to tell you, it's good for you to remember that money fixes things. And if God's entrusted money to you, maybe you should go fix some things. Maybe you should go fix it. Uh, if bread gladdens the heart, wine makes merry, but once you buy them a meal, once you buy them a meal, you see someone discouraged and you say, and, and I want to remind you, I want to say this out of both sides of my mouth, you already are generous. You already are. Uh, you know, uh, we had a funny time a, a while back, and I don't think they're here today, but uh, some of you know who they are. But uh, some of the kids, some of my uh, friends of my kids, they wanted to go out to Chinese food, Chinese food, go into town. And so uh, we were going into town, there was a bunch of us, and uh, I was thinking in my mind, how am I going to pay for all my kids' friends that we brought out here? I'll figure it out somehow. And uh, 
we're sitting down at the meal, and we saw some friends from church and various other things. And, um, and uh, one of you, one of you paid for our whole ticket, all my kids' friends. And uh, it was a great lesson for me, but also for my kids' friends and my kids. I just said, you know, uh, and, 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 and they were already kind of like this idea, oh, yeah, you know, old people, you know, old people, you know, just like you had said when you were young, you know, old people this, old people that. And I, I just want to tell you, there was this huge blessing of just saying, oh, I'll take care of that. I'll take care of that. Money can't do everything. If we could buy souls, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's raise some funds and let's save some people. We can't do that. But for the stuff down here, uh, money fixes most everything. There's this thing that if we can throw money. By the way, um, if it's something that can't be fixed, let's not throw money at it, okay? But if there's something that can be fixed, let's figure out a way to be a blessing to people. Uh, so indulgence. The indulgence is not, uh, there's some wisdom in enjoying a meal and attempting to fix problems through finances. Number four, uh, talking trash wisdom, okay? Uh, forgive me. I have young people in my home. Uh, verse 20 says this, Even in your thoughts do not curse the king, nor in your bedroom curse the rich. Um, it, it's pretty common that we look at those who are in power or those who are um, rich and powerful, and there's this sense of being able to criticize. And he says, don't, don't. It's not wise. Uh, even in your heart, even in your heart. <laughs> it's funny to me that uh, most of us... Uh, Say, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Uh, he's even going further than that. And he says, and in your thoughts, th- there's this idea. And he said, uh, the wisdom there is this, that um, even in your private places, in your mind and in your bedroom, uh, there's a sense where as you think about them, as you say them in privacy, they will be leaked out. A little bird told me, right? Th- this is where... Uh, how we get this idea, this little bird that told me uh, that your thoughts and your uh, voice will carry farther than you want it to. Uh, get you into trouble and uh, we won't stand and give testimony of this because I'm sure we could come up with some humdingers of things that we've said and they got back to the people, uh, people who are powerful, people who are over us. Um, now we come to chapter 11 and I just want to say letting go wisdom, letting go wisdom. And this is uh, dealing with uh, being generous or, or uh, investing and letting it go. Uh, a couple of different places will come up, and this is number five and verse seven, or number seven will be a similar thing. But uh, he says, cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. You get this picture, and... and we're struggling to get a picture of this, that you have bread, bread, uh, bread being uh, the staple, if you will, to get by in biblical times and many, many cultures since then and before then, okay, that, that bread, it's, it's a staple. And you picture someone uh, taking their bread, which is valuable, right? 
taking their resources and just throwing it out on the water, throwing it out on the water, like they're feeding ducks or something like that, right? They're just chucking it out there. And it's floating away in different directions. Uh, Some have connected this, this picture of merchant ships, and not just one, but uh, many of them, and placing your resources on different ships, and as the ships go out, um, and you know, even the the idea of a ship itself, that it would take a long journey and it, before it would come back into port. Um, he says, uh, cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. There's this idea that as you cast out that which is yours, your resources, that somehow it will find its way back, not soon, but after many days. If you think about investing. Some of you are great investors here. Um, You think about return, return on your investment, and how long it will take uh, to get that money back or to get that investment back. You're saying, and you ask the question, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Um, And the, the caution here or the wisdom that we find from the Lord to us is that we are to cast our bread uh, out on the water, and then it will come back after many days. You look at that and you go, I don't know what that means. You go to the next verse, give a portion to seven or even to eight, uh, for you you for you know not uh, what disaster may happen on the earth. Most believe these verses have to do with charity, of being kind. Uh, of, of investing in others, investing in others. You even get this picture in verse 2. It says seven or even eight. So, so picture yourself right now. You, you, you're looking at your resources, your bread, your loaves of bread. Uh, and you say, well, I need this many for my family and this many for just rainy day. And then these seven, uh, these seven right here, I'm going to give to those who are needy. I'm going to, I'm going to, as as I find them, it's going to be as, you know, it, by the way, by the way, um, the idea of throwing bread into the water sounds like a waste, doesn't it? Uh, and, and sometimes as we look at uh, taking care of those uh, who are needy around us or even giving to the church or in, investing in the youth ministry or the kids, like you just go, what a waste, what a waste. What, what? What's my guarantee that this will be good? I want to tell you, there is no guarantee. The, the, the best guarantee is, is that the Lord's going to somehow do this, something with this. But, so, but you think seven. This is what I'm going to do, seven. So you give to seven. You give to seven. And then as you're feeling real good about yourself because you gave, you hear of one need that's greater than the other seven or one investment that's greater than the other seven. And you say, I wish they had come a day sooner. I wish I had known about that sooner. And he says, no, give another one. Give another one. Seven or even eight. This idea that even if it didn't fit into your plans. Remember, once again, as I talked about wisdom, it's not about our agenda. It's not about our plans. It's about us adjusting to the plan of God as it comes in our lives, okay? And so uh, he, he has this idea of letting go. It may seem like a waste. It, it may, uh, by the way, money is meant to be spent. 
Okay? He has given you resources. He has given you resources to use, to invest. Invest in your family. Invest in your church. Invest in uh, whoever God places in your life. That's what is meant to be taken care of uh, and spent in such a way where you're meeting needs. I just want to remind you, uh, this spending of money is investing, and investing is risky. Investing is risky. It, there's no guarantees, right? Uh, there, there's no guarantees in that. We can move on to number six, weather wisdom. It says, if, uh, if the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in, that, in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. Right? There's a huge storm on the east coast going on right now in the Carolinas. They're experiencing this, right? Uh, some have struggled with if this is judgment, if this is judgment, or if this is provision, right? Uh, if it rained here, what would we say? Huge blessing, huge blessing. Uh, it's hard to flood out here, right? We've had issues with it before, but uh, for the most part, our land is so dry, it just keeps soaking it up, right? It just keeps soaking it up, especially this time of year. Um, but but you get this picture of the rain falling and emptying, uh, these clouds emptying themselves on the earth, and as part of that, the tree falling uh, to the south or the north, and there it lays, or lies. Um, you realize that rain comes, rain comes, trees fall, right? Uh, there's a possibility of these things. We, 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 look, we look to the weather app, right? We want to hear the weather report. We want to prepare for it. And uh, you, you can say it might rain. It might rain. And it might rain too much. What would happen if? The tree might fall. The tree might not stand anymore. Um, as we look at this, we realize uh, it's all connected, this weather wisdom to verse 4. He says, He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. Tie these two together. These two, uh, these two verses together. You know, I... I'm going to go out and work today. But, but what if it rains? What if it rains? You know, I'm going to plant this tree, but what, what, what will happen? What if something falls on it and it, it breaks or it dies and it falls? Um, this is, uh, don't watch the weather. Don't ask, don't, don't look at the clouds and say, is it going to be a bad day? Don't, don't look outside and go through the what if ceremonies, right? Like, uh, what if this happens? Some of us are very good at it, by, right? We can talk about all the contingencies of life. If this happens, then this will happen. But what if this happens? And then, then this. And, and it's, uh, it causes us to do what? Freeze, right? Don't, don't do anything. Um, he warns us about weather. And he says this. Uh, he says, he who observes the, the wind will not sow. And he who regards the cloud will not reap. No sowing and no reaping if we fear the clouds and the, and the trees falling. And then the last piece of wisdom uh, in this section that we're going to go over this morning is the not knowing wisdom. And he's already talked about this. 
but uh, just heavy in these last few verses that we're going to look at. He says, as you do not know the way of the Spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. In the morning sow your seed, and in the evening uh, withhold not your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, this or that, or whether both alike will be good. There's a mystery in the womb. Uh, ladies in our church are experiencing it right now. Uh, the mystery of the womb. And we do not know. Uh, we can get these, you know, goblin-like pictures uh, from, you know, the doctor, ultrasounds and this and that. And uh, I always think some of you ladies are crazy. You are. Because you'll come up to me and you'll show me this ultrasound. Aren't they cute? I say, no, they're scary looking. Uh, Um, we can't see, we can't see, and we don't understand. We don't understand how God is, is putting together and placing together. Uh, his fingerprints are inside the womb at work, and, and it's, it's this fascinating thing that God does, and, and His work, and not just making flesh and blood, but making a person, a person inside the womb. Um, as we don't know that wisdom, well, we, we can't see. It says we don't know. We don't know. Um, I just want to tell you that that's the best news for us this morning ever. We don't know. And we should apply it over and over and over again, not just to the womb, but to everything. We can kind of see things happening and we wonder and we, we think about, yeah, this might be happening but at the end to say, but I don't know what God is doing. I don't know. I, I hope he's doing this. I want him to do this. I, I see these things have already, but I don't know. You look at this and you say, what about the womb? Uh, at the end of verse five, it says, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. He makes everything. He knows everything. And you make what? And what do you know? Right, right. And for us, that's super important for us to remember as we walk through life. Everywhere you look is something that should remind you of what, how little you know. And as you look at your children and as you look at, they're God's creation. And so if they're God's creation, maybe you should trust him with your children because you don't know. In verse uh, six, it's very important that you get this. Some, some of us say this, uh, we sit back down again, right? We, oh, so if I don't know anything, which is true, can I get an amen? I don't know anything, amen. I was saying that for you too, not just me, okay? Some of you go, yeah, pastor, you don't know anything. I, uh, but uh, when we don't know, we say, oh, I'll just sit down and wait. Like, if I don't know, if I'm not the creator, if I'm not in charge here, I, I'll just sit down. He's saying, no. It's not that you would sit down. It's not that you would sit down. But in verse 6 it says, In the morning sow your seed, and in the evening withhold not your hand. Work. Work. Get, uh, go and do. And, and maybe even the idea of doing different things. 
work on this and work on this and give your hand to this and give your hand to this. Why? Because you don't know. You don't know. In the morning sow your seed, and at evening withhold not your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Uh, If you think about investing, they say diversify, right? Why? Because you don't know if gold will be nothing important someday. We know it will have its ups and downs. It already has, right? Well, what about oil? What about oil? I don't know. Solar's coming, right? Got windmills out here. Well, uh, what about windmills, right? Maybe we figure out the windmills aren't any good anymore. I don't know. I don't know. What do you invest in? Costco. Man, we waste a lot of money there, you know. Maybe maybe Amazon will be better than Costco someday. I don't know. Maybe they'll figure out something. Where, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The idea here is this. We should work. We should work. Not knowing what God is doing, but knowing that He is the one who is in charge. Please consider these things as you think through the wisdom of God in our lives and for us to remember that He's the one. He's the one. He's the one who knows.